everyone. Welcome and thanks for tuning into our podcast. Hey, Ocean Way. I just want to welcome you to the best day of the week. Today is Sunday and I've got a word that I want to share with you. This series that we're in, we're calling This Is Living. And today we're going to talk about living with grace. You ever make a mistake before? Whenever we fail at something, I look at it this way. Life is really a series of mistakes and failures and victories. We all want to win at different things, but we all make mistakes in life. And when we magnify what those mistakes are, when we focus on our failures, those things become bigger than the purpose that we're designed to live. See, Jesus said this. He said, I will build my church. He didn't say he would build a perfect church because we're not a perfect church. We're a group of people that are imperfect and have messy situations in our lives. And when Jesus said he would come and build his church, he is building us. So here's what I want you to do. Today, as we talk about grace, today, as we talk about his love, I want you to lean in. I want you to take notes. I want you to respond. I want you to be a part of this message. Maybe right now, put your hands together right where you are and clap a little bit. Why? because we're a church that's alive. I love it when people shout back to me. There's people in the room right now. They could shout if they wanted, but you know something? I just love when we get together because something special happens. Right now, we're gonna jump into, into the Word, and I want you to maybe pull out your Bible if you have one. John chapter 21, verse one, we're gonna read 14 verses. The Bible says this, afterward, Jesus appeared again to the disciples by the Sea of Galilee. It happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, Nathaniel, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. I'm going to go out fishing, Simon Peter told them. And everyone said, we'll go with you. So he went out and he got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. What did they catch? They caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples didn't recognize it was Jesus. He calls out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because because of the large number of fish. Verse 7, then the disciples whom Jesus loved, the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say it is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him. He jumps into the water. And the other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net of full of fish. For they were not far off from shore, about 100 yards. When they landed, they saw a fire burning coals, and there were fish on it and some bread. And Jesus said this. He said, bring some of the fish you just caught. So Simon Peter climbed back into the boat and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish. They said there were 153 fish that day, but even so many that the net didn't turn, didn't torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They all knew it was the Lord. And Jesus came and took the bread and he gave it to them. And he did the same thing with the fish. This was now the third time that Jesus appeared to the disciples after he raised them from the dead. So let's talk about this. Jesus appears. The Bible says this is the third time. Remember, we're looking through the eyes of John, and John is the one that's writing. John's the one who, who writes about himself in the third person. He says, the one that the, that the Lord loved. He is that disciple. And he creates this picture, and he remembers this story, and he tells us this is what happened 
It's the third time that Jesus comes and he shows up. Remember the first two times they were locked in a room. The first two times they were locked in because they were afraid that the Jewish rulers were going to come after them. But this time, this time is different. This time they get out of the house. This time they get out of where they are and they go outside and they're by the lake and they're by Galilee and Jesus shows up. But Peter says this, he says, I'm going fishing. And it says seven disciples follow him. So a group of eight men get into a boat and they go fishing together. You see, before the crucifixion took place, the disciples were supported by the generosity of the people around them. And now that the crucifixion took place, the scandal of the cross, the disciples decided to go back and do what they knew what they could do. They went back to doing what they were comfortable doing. They went back fishing. Why? Because they needed to live. They needed to live, so they decided, hey, we've got to eat, so we've got to do something about this. And they got in the boat, and they went fishing. And Peter, when they went fishing, you've got to realize this, that he went and he was expecting to catch fish, but this night they caught nothing. Maybe you can identify with Peter and the disciples a little bit. You see, before, the two times before that he showed up, he showed up on purpose, and he showed up to set them up for what was next. But in those times, they were locked inside their home. They were safe at home. Maybe right now you feel like you're, you're safe at home, and you're locked in, inside, and, and you're trying to stay away from this, this virus thing. But there's a part of you that you just want to go back to work. There's a part of you that wants to get out of the house and, and be around people. And they got out. They went down to Galilee. They got in a boat. They went out on the lake. And they had a purpose in mind that night. And that night was to catch some fish. But nothing happened. When you look at that, you realize that, 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 that Peter went fishing because that's what he knew. Remember this. When they were called, Jesus said this. I will make you fishers of men. And what they did is they went back to what they, that what they thought they were, they were good at. They thought they were good at fishing. But in this moment, when Jesus said, hey, I, when he was on the shore and he calls out to them, they didn't have any fish in the boat. They had fished all night long. This is not a point where you're like, man, this is great. This is victorious. We are living. This is probably a moment that they felt frustrated. You ever felt frustrated before? ever felt like, man, this whole world is kind of pressing in on you and, and it's in those moments you need someone to show up and, and explain to you or show you that you are made for more. See, what they chose to do was not what they were destined to do. What they chose to do was go out and prepare for themselves and, and provide for themselves and work hard to, to catch fish. But in this moment, Jesus was the one who provided the meal. Jesus was the one who was standing beside the shore and he was the one that brought the meal to them and, and they were the ones that had to listen to what? His leading. Because his leading, he said, what? Throw your net on the right side of the boat. I don't know if he meant the right side, the starboard side, the other side, whatever port side that is, but it was the right side that they let their net down that the, the, the catch came in. See, Jesus, you got to realize this. Jesus said this. He said, I am the way and I am the truth, and I am the life. And when greater is living inside of us, then we've got to realize that that's the moment that we are truly living. That's the moment that Jesus reveals himself to us and we are alive. This is what I love about the story. Jesus reveals himself to imperfect humans to let them know this, that he is with them, he is for them, 
and he is proud of them and he has a plan for them and he can provide for them but he has something set up for them that is greater than themselves you see he built look at the context he builds a fire I don't know how Jesus built the fire. They don't talk about how he built the fire. They don't even talk about how he caught the fish. Did he just say, hey, fish, jump over here and get on the grill? I don't know how it took place, but we do know this. There was fish that day, and there was bread that day, because Jesus was there that day. And Jesus did what? He, the context was it was a setup for more. See, every time Jesus revealed himself to the disciples, it was a setup. Remember the first time? We talked about this a few weeks ago. When he walked into the room and the room was locked and, and he didn't come through the door, he didn't knock on the door, he appeared in the midst of them and they were afraid of what was happening around them. And Jesus breathes on them. And when he breathes on them, what was in him was on them. And what was on them is what he said, receive the Holy Spirit. The second time he walks in the room. When he walks in the room that second time, there was a, the group was there again, and they were, they were in that room, and they were locked, and Thomas was there, and Thomas was like, I'm not believing unless I see it and touch it. And Jesus walks in the room, and he says, Thomas, look at my hands. Thomas, see the hole in my side. And the Bible says, Thomas believed. He said, my Lord, my God. And Jesus said, Thomas, stop doubting, believe. You know why Jesus said stop doubting and believe? He said, stop doubting and believe because his life was set up for more. Because he, in that moment, Jesus wanted him to know that, that he was alive and he had a purpose for their lives. Listen to my voice. Jesus is alive and he has a purpose for you. And what you're walking through right now is just a setup for more. Where you are right now, you might think that the world is pressing in on you. Realize the disciples were locked in a room and they were fearful that what was next was death. What was next was judgment. What was next was hanging on a cross because that's who their, their Messiah, that's where he went. But in that moment when Jesus walked in the room, they realized, I am made for more. Can you just get that in your heart right now? You are made for more. See, Jesus has an amazing way of setting us up for more. And today we're in, we're in my living room. And what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to show you the setup. Because what we do right now when it comes to online church is we put a lot of effort into what we do so that we can set up something so that you can experience more. So let me give you a glimpse at the setup of what we do. You see, what we do, we do with you in mind. What we do, we do so that you can experience more. See, this is the setup. We set up cameras, we set up lights, we set up sound, we bring people in. Why? Because we value the experience that you have. Not everybody will show you what, where, what's really happening behind the scenes, but I believe what happens behind the scenes is a setup for what happens in your living room. Because what happens in your living room is life-changing. There's somebody right now who thinks, you know, I never, ever, ever would imagine that I would worship online, that I would gather in my living room and be online. Can I help you out? The church is still alive. The church is still moving. Why? Because it's all about the setup. Jesus set up wonderful experiences so people could experience more. So when you lean in in an online experience, guess what? It's the same as being in the house. We set it up. Why? Because we believe that Jesus has more for you and not just more for you. He wants to do more through you. So just embrace the setup in life. Embrace what he does. Embrace where you are right now. Whatever season you're in right now, maybe look around and go, wait a minute. Jesus put all this in place. All these things are in place for what? 
for his perfect purpose. That's what the setup's all about. See, when it comes to setup, um, some people like look at it and go, setup, you ever set up certain things? When it comes to the holidays, we do what? We set the table. Why do we set the table? And I have a big table in the other room over there and, and I pull out the leaves and I put in extra chairs and we put out nice, nice placemats and we have the silverware in all the right places. I can't tell you where the right place is, but I can tell you that it lands on there and somehow it, it ends up looking great. It may not be me doing it, maybe somebody else fixing it, but you know something? The setup is so, is not just, if, if you went to a table and there was nothing on the table but the setup, guess what? That would be an empty feeling. That would be a frustrating feeling. It's like the disciples did what? They got in the boat. They had the net. They had the passion. They had the energy. They had the, the knowledge and the, and the profession to bring in the fish. But until they brought in more, until they brought in the fish, everything was just kind of empty. Guess what? The setup on the table, when I set up Thanksgiving dinner, guess what? It's not really about what I'm, what's set up. It's about what comes after it. It's about the more that is placed in it. See, there is so much more that God has for you. There's so much more that he has for your life. We've got to realize that, that this is what living is. When greater lives in me, I wish I could, hopefully I'm communicating this to you well. This is the one thing I want you to see. The greater is living in you. And when greater lives in you, it's greater that provides for you. So if greater provides for me, you've got to realize that greater is what happens when Jesus shows up in this scripture. See, nothing happened until Jesus showed up. He was on the shore and he cries out and he says, friends, have you any fish? And they were like, no. How depressing is that? No, we fished all night long. We didn't catch nothing. He said, drop your net on the other side and you'll get some. How much is some? I guess some is 153. I guess some is so big that they couldn't pull it in, but it didn't rip the net. When they did, when they dropped the net, when they did their part, when they realized, okay, I'm going to be led by what Jesus said, then that's when Jesus showed up and he brought more into their lives. See, when they dropped the net, that's when they caught the fish. Sometimes you've just got to realize that God wants us to drop the net. God wants us to let go of what we're doing. God wants us to live in the moment and realize that Jesus living in us is enough to provide more for us. That day he provided for the disciples. He provided in such a way that they didn't have any want or any need. And he didn't just provide fish out of the lake. He provided a meal in front of them. See, Jesus came to do one thing. He came to live in you. And in living in you, he came to give you life. Now that's living. When I realized that greater came to live in me so that I could live a great life, then I realized that I have more inside of me than what's around me. See, Jesus didn't come, Jesus didn't do this. He didn't say, okay, if you would clean up your house and you would set your house just perfect and get it all right, then I'll come live in it. Now he said, believe and I'll come and live inside your life. And in believing, he comes, and that's when he starts doing a work in us and through us. See, we are designed in a way and created for what? For his presence. But the one thing that stands in the way of his presence is our sin. When it comes to grace, grace is not a license to sin. Grace is not an opportunity for me to live any way I want. 
Grace is a way that I embrace the love and the passion that Jesus hung on the cross so that when I enter into a relationship with him, it's his grace that changes me. It's his grace that changes my attitude. It changes the way I treat people. It changes my stress level. It changes my joy. It changes everything about me. That's what living with grace is. Can you imagine being one of the eight guys that were in that boat that night? When Peter said, let's go fishing. And they all got in the boat and they went out and they fished all night and they worked really hard to provide fish and nothing happened. They were on their way back early that morning to the shore, defeated because they didn't catch anything and they didn't have anything. They were probably hungry in that moment wondering, what are we going to eat today? Because we ain't got no fish in this boat. But then Jesus shows up. And the reason why he shows up is to set them up to let them know that, that more is in him. That he is able to provide more than they can ever imagine. See, what we're walking through right now, what you're walking through right now, what you're experiencing right now, it's such a perfect place for his presence to come, for Jesus to show up, for him to do more in, their li in your life. Somebody needs to hear this. You are working so hard right now to make it happen. You're doing everything you possibly can to make it happen. Mom, listen to me. You're doing everything you can to work from home and help your kids do their work at home. And in the process, you're doing everything you possibly can that it's easy to miss, that sometimes we need to let God start doing the work. Let him make it happen. Let him show up in the midst of it. When we do all the work and we try to do everything, sometimes we, we marginalize God out of the picture. That's when Jesus shows up and he says, guess what, friends, do you have any fish? Just drop your net. Just drop your net in this thing. That's an act of faith. What if that had said, and I'm not dropping my net. I fished all night long. I'm a professional at this. I know what I'm doing, but in that moment, they chose to listen. And in listening, they found out that, that he showed up and he provided more than they can ever, ever have provided for themselves. So I look at it this way. My life is a simple setup for Jesus to show up. And when he showed up, he showed up in a big way. And what he provided was more. See, when greater lives in me, greater provides more for me. And what he provided was this thing called grace. And the reason why I say that is this, all of those disciples, when Jesus was tried, they left. When Jesus was arrested, they left. They showed up at the crucifixion, but they left during the trial. Think of it this way. Jesus prepares a fire. And when he prepares a fire and, and he puts fish on the fire and he has bread on the fire, and Peter, when he hears that it's the Lord, he jumps into the water and he swims to the shore. When he gets to the shore, Jesus speaks to him. He says, hey, bring some fish. Let's, let's cook some fish. And Peter walks up and he has this moment, so to speak. It's only been maybe a week, maybe 10 days. But 10 days earlier, what was he doing? It was a Friday night and he was standing by a fire and he was warming himself. And maybe the same smell from that fire was all around him. And, and in warming himself, he heard the accusations because he could see the trial taking place. He could see what was happening. And that's when the little girl says, wait a minute, you're one of them. And he said, no, not me. And then another one says, you're one of them. And he says, no, not me. And then the same girl says, you are a Galilean. You have to be one of them. And he, and he starts cursing. 
He just loses his mind in that moment because of the stress and everything that's happening. And in that moment, the rooster crows. Peter runs out. When we look in scripture, we realize that when Jesus appears to Mary, he tells Mary something, something very specific. John writes this. He says, Mary, go tell the disciples and go tell Peter. Don't forget Peter. Don't let Peter miss out on this thing. Why? Because God had a great plan for Peter. And when Peter ran into the tomb and he saw what was inside the tomb, it says he believed and they went back. When he was in the room and Jesus showed up, he believed. And when he was right there by the fire that day and Jesus had a meal prepared for him, how much more did he believe in grace? How much more did he believe in the, resurrect, in the restoration factor that Jesus brought to his life? See, Peter was a little messy. If Peter would have focused on his failures, if Peter would have focused on his mistakes, he might not have been sitting by that fire. But that day when he dove into the water, he went towards Jesus and he, and he sat down at that fire, Jesus said this. He said, come and have breakfast. I don't know about you, that's probably the most powerful part of the story for me. Come and have breakfast. If you're watching this on Sunday morning, you might be thinking, come and have breakfast? Man, I'm eating breakfast right now. I'm eating eggs right now. I'm eating a Pop-Tart right now. I'm eating something right now. Jesus sets a meal out in front of them and he says, come and have breakfast. Do you know what he was communicating? He was saying, I'm in a relationship with you. I believe in you. I have a plan for you. I know that you failed me before, but guess what? Grace changes everything. When Jesus showed up, he changed it all. Jesus provided a meal and everything changed. Look at it this way. If death, hell, and the grave couldn't hold Jesus down, then my present struggle is no match for Jesus. My present failure is no match for Jesus. He's able to forgive because he has a plan. He's able to heal because he has a plan. He's able to provide grace, why? Because he has more for you. You know something? The cross was a setup. The grave was a setup. That fishing trip, that was a setup. Most of all, what's happening right now in your life is a setup. It's all on how we look at it. If we look at it as, oh, woe is me, look what I'm walking through, I can't believe what I'm walking through. But if we look around and say, wait a minute, greater is living in me. And if greater is living in me, I'm gonna make it, why? Because he was saying, I have a plan for you, there's more in store for you, just, just understand, I am for you. Listen to those words. Jesus is speaking those words to you today. And in telling you that he is for you, he's saying that his grace is enough for you. His grace is enough for whatever you're walking through right now. Listen to my voice. Whatever you're walking through right now, you can try to beat yourself up. You can try to, try to heap all kinds of condemnation over the mistakes and the bad choices and the things we walk through. Or you can say, Jesus, today, what an amazing opportunity for grace. So I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you because I believe in you. I want to pray for you because this is a setup for Jesus to show up. And when he shows up, guess what? He's able to do more. And in doing more, he's going to show up and he's going to provide more. And I believe the greatest thing he provides is grace. So will you allow grace right now 
in this place to make a difference in, in who you are, and maybe just connect with me in prayer right now. I wanna pray with you. Look in your heart. Maybe today you're going through a tough time. Maybe today you're in a stressful time. Maybe today you've thought about all the mistakes that you've made. You've thought about all the frustration you've gone through. Jesus wants you to know that he is enough. His love is enough. His grace is enough. So can I pray for you? Close your eyes and let me pray for you today and let God's presence change everything in a moment. Jesus, Lord, I pray for that one that's far from you. I pray for that one that's going through a tough time right now. You know, right now, if you're far from Christ, it's, it's an easy way to get back. Jesus said, believe and you'll receive. Believe and he'll come and live inside of you. So maybe in this moment, you can pray this simple prayer, Jesus, today, I choose to believe. Today, I choose to receive more from you because you wanna live in me. Today, I invite you to live in my life. Make my life what you want it to be, in Jesus' name. Amen? Man, God's good. His grace changes everything. See, the Bible says that, that when, when He comes, when His grace comes, the brand new comes, that you can have a brand new life. Sometimes we don't have brand new thoughts, and that's why we've got we've to read His Word. We've got to get on that journey. We've got to take some steps towards Him. That's why we want to not just celebrate with you. We celebrate with you. Maybe drop an emoji in the chat or, or, or hit the, the, the contact button there and allow us to walk with you. This journey is one step at a time. Listen to, to my voice. I believe in you. I believe God's got a plan for you. I believe there's more for you. He has something set up just for you. Will you allow us to walk this journey with you? you are my if you would like to give to this ministry, simply log on to our website at oceanwaychurch.com or check out our app where you can give as well. Thanks for tuning in and be sure to join us again next week.